Welcome to Living Water Radio. How do you tell the real thing from a counterfeit? Today, we're going to share some tips on telling Christianity from one of its most popular challengers, one that has found its way even into the church. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I've worked in a variety of blue-collar summer jobs, served in the Marine Corps, played drums and jazz bands, and was a competitive master swimmer. After college in Minnesota and seminary in Berkeley, I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. A father was watching his very young son playing with his wiffle ball at bat in the backyard one Saturday morning. The boy threw the ball into the air, took a mighty swing, missed. He picked up the ball and threw it up in the air, took another swing, and missed again. He picked up the ball a third time, threw it in the air, took a mighty swing, and missed. He threw the bat down in the ground, threw his hands in the air, and yelled, I am the greatest pitcher in the world. We all pass the tests we devise for ourselves. We're at a point in the pandemic where we're trying to make sense of all the craziness. COVID-19 cases are down in L.A. County and up everywhere else in the country. It's thought that bad behavior during the Labor Day weekend and the return of college students to campuses is to blame. L.A. is now the national model of good behavior. We see some who are being careful, following the recommendations of experts in the relevant fields, while those who refuse to take these precautions seem to listen only to their own voices and those who agree with them. We see widespread indifference toward doing the simple things that will lower the upward curves of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths from COVID-19. Is there some meaning in the meanness? Is there a path forward from our polarization? Is there integrity in our institutions? Where do we turn for meaning, integrity, and a path forward? These days, the church is not necessarily the first place spiritually dry and searching people look for these things. We will look anywhere, and as our society seems to be becoming more and more secular or less religious in character, where is sacredness to be found? G.K. Chesterton once said, When people choose not to believe in God, they do not thereafter believe in nothing. They then become capable of believing in anything. And we do. We adapt to what is popular. Sometimes we don't even notice that we have adapted. For example, one of the most, if not the most popular forms of religion in the United States is a belief system that very few of its followers could identify. It seems close to Christianity, but it is not Christianity. It was actually identified in a study of the beliefs of teenagers in a 2005 book called Soul Searching, The Religions and Spiritual Lives of American Teenagers, reported in its Wikipedia article. I know, but it's a good summary article, and it seems to be written from primary sources. The authors of the study found a list of moral and spiritual beliefs that were not identified as a new religion and were not identified as held by any one world religion. They called these beliefs moralistic therapeutic deism, or MTD, as in month to date, MTD. Moralistic because the emphasis 
is on being a good person, therapeutic because it emphasizes things, particularly feelings, that help me be me, and deism because it projects the belief that God exists but is not particularly involved in our lives, especially when we don't want God to be involved. The authors identify five principal beliefs. One, a God exists who created and ordered the world and watches over human life on earth. Two, God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other, as taught in the Bible and by most world religions. Three, the central goal in life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. Four, God does not need to be particularly involved in one's life except when God is needed to resolve a problem. And five, good people go to heaven when they die. Do they sound familiar? The authors claim that this belief system is now not limited to teenagers, but has become one of, if not the most popular belief system in the country. They say, quote, a significant part of Christianity in the United States is actually only tenuously Christian in any sense that is seriously connected to the actual historical Christian tradition, but has rather substantially morphed into Christianity's misbegotten step-cousin, Christian moralistic therapeutic deism. Are they right? Are we more interested in what the original study calls about being about providing therapeutic benefits to its adherents, instead of things like repentance from sin, living as servants of God, prayer at all times, the authority of Scripture, the blessings of the sacraments, the centrality and life model of the cross, or salvation by faith through God's grace? G.K. Chesterton said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and not tried. Christianity is only difficult because people who still prefer living in their sin, that is, in separation from God, think it is difficult and therefore don't God, want God involved in their lives. They're looking at Christianity from the outside. Jesus said, conversely, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30, that's the inside view. What do you think? Why aren't more people active in the life of a local Christian church? Would a church that intentionally teaches moralistic therapeutic deism values therefore attract young people? The authors say no. What is attractive and needed is a genuine expression of historic Christianity, a transcendent experience of worship, an alternative worldview, a true sense of Christian identity, a living relationship with the one true living God, mentors who model the way, and servanthood that is rooted in Jesus Christ. In John's Gospel, the first chapter beginning at the tenth verse, we read, he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son full of grace and truth. Is that what people will find when this pandemic is over and we return to a normal church life? 
Will we have something substantial to give to those who are returning to the church, or to those who are on the edge and looking for community? Or will we be a counterfeit, a useful social service agency that uses Christian language, a homogeneous group of people who like to socialize with one another around good works that makes them feel not embarrassing to their non-Christian friends and family? or an entertainment complex designed to make people feel good about themselves, something that only looks like the real thing. Will we only really want to be popular? McDonald's sells a lot of hamburgers, but a steady diet is not good for you. Is that what we want to offer? Moralistic, therapeutic deism? Spiritual junk food? Are we being fed in order to feed others? Or have we grown spiritually obese through a combination of empty calories and an inactive Christian life? The presiding bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Reverend Elizabeth Eaton, wrote an excellent article for Living Lutheran Magazine last February, in which she wrote, In this philosophy there is no awe in the presence of the transcendent, no turning outward from self, no horror of the reality and the effects of sin, and not in the narrow sense of individual moral failings, no wonder at the intimate love of God shown in the Incarnation and the Crucifixion, no deep gratitude for the liberation of the Resurrection. Like the little boy in the wiffle ball, we all pass the tests we devise for ourselves. The Gospel, however, does not put us at the center of our lives. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, the fourth chapter, beginning at the third verse, he writes, For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. What basis do we have for telling the difference between the fake and the real? the counterfeit, and the genuine. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to it, the streams of living water that make the church and defines it in the living presence of Jesus Christ. Be anchored in the Bible, prayer, acts of service to others, and regular worship in a Christian community. In other words, look to the Incarnation, God become human flesh in Jesus Christ, fully God and fully human being, to suffer and die on the cross in order to pay the penalty for your sins and return to all who receive it, the living relationship with the living God for which we were created. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the second chapter beginning at the 19th verse, we read, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Today, let's remember to pray for the leaders of our government and of our church. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. 
Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.